The content here is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult a healthcare professional with any medical questions and concerns. If you are experiencing an emergency or need immediate help, call 911. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapeutic relationship. I just get so angry. It's hard to sit still. I don't want to be this way. My brain just feels all scrambled. Hello and welcome to Scrambled. I'm your co-host, Chad Douglas. And I'm Nikki Shields. This is episode 35, Look Who's Talking, Silver Lining Stuffies. And Nikki, we're going to do something that's kind of uh, fun, I think. We're, we're, we're going to title a series, but it's not going to be back-to-back-to-back episodes of Look Who's Talking. And when we find people willing to talk about their experience with mental health, um, anxiety, ADHD, whatever, and they're doing something about it, kind of like we are. We wanted to start the conversation. We started a podcast. And we have a guest who is willing to uh, share her story and talk about what she has done to spread awareness, and that is Sarah Moore, and she is with Silver Lining Stuffies. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Chad. Nikki, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And let me just say, thank you guys for doing this, for for having these conversations. I think it's so important, especially right now. Yeah, yeah. Give us a little background art on you. How did you get to where you wanted to talk about mental health? I was diagnosed with depression when I was like 12 or 13. My, you know, it's no stranger to my family. So they were really they were amazing. They knew, they immediately recognized the signs. They got me into therapy. I have continued to use those skills and tactics that I learned in therapy almost 30 years ago. And so, you know, fast forward to, so I've always been an advocate for mental health. It's always been a passion of mine, helping to destigmatize it really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so fast forward to like mid 2020, I'm just trying not to unravel in my one bedroom apartment in LA. You know, I'm doing all, all the usual tricks aren't working. I'm running, I'm painting, I'm growing vegetables out of nowhere. Um, and I knew I had to do something different. So, and, and my day job, I'm a creative director in advertising. So creative outlets are kind of my thing. Yeah. So I just kind of simmered on like, what can a, like a side project be? And I guess this is where I disclose that I have been a lifelong um, enjoyer of stuffed animals. I have some, they, they have mental health illnesses that okay. I project onto them. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have very rich backstories. Cat's now out of the bag. But so I kind <laughs> of had this like literally like 4 a.m. idea of like stuffed animals with mental health conditions. And I'll, yeah, and I'll design them and I'll write books and illustrate the books that will go with them and kids will have this buddy, this little fuzzy buddy that they can kind of go through their challenges with. And so that, yeah, again, mid 2020. And I, it was just like, go, go, go from then on. So I figured out how to, you know, create a business, how to find a manufacturer. Um, I started, my first step was really digging into the research. So Mm -hmm. I learned that the top three conditions that are most prevalent in kids is ADHD, anxiety, and depression. So I figured I'd start with that. I really learned that one in six kids in the U.S. will be diagnosed with a with a mental or behavioral health disorder um, between the ages of two and eight, and wow. only twenty percent of them will ever get treatment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just like slapped me in the face. I knew I was really fortunate with my story um, that I had a supportive family that knew what to do. I didn't realize how lucky I was. So I knew that I wanted whatever this was, stuffed animals and books, whatever 
form it was to be accessible, to be, you know, if, if a kid can't get professional treatment, they can have something that they can learn from, you know, and use for the rest of their life, hopefully. Which is why we wanted to talk to you because that's a big part of starting the Scrambled podcast was because if you call and you're on a waiting list, at least these episodes can give you something, um, yeah. give parents a little help for, for handling kids with anxiety. And I'm currently talking with a, a friend of mine's a family member who's just starting this journey. And so we've been texting, we're going to meet and just kind of talk about things and just getting it out there. And so stuff like the podcast, stuff like the silver lining stuffies, it works. It just takes a little bit to kind of get the word out there and people willing to, to share the ideas. Right, right. I wanted to comment on something you said that, you know, you were fortunate as a child to have access to treatment. And 30 years ago, I don't, at least in our area, and I know in very different parts of the United States, but I don't think that was the norm. I I don't think that, you know, the average kid who was struggling, like that it was recognized and then that treatment was readily available. And I, I feel like that's only now happening where we are. And so I just think that's a really cool thing that you had that. I know. And I mean, and I'm from a a small town on Cape Cod, the fact that my parents were like, I don't know, I just woke up one day and they were like, you have a therapist. And she was fantastic. And I think about her every day. She moved to Florida, but like I saw her through college, you know, when I would go home. I don't know, she guided me through like the hardest time of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact that you could find this woman in like the small town, that was really great. So yeah, and I mean, I'm back in therapy as of a few weeks ago, and it is like a jungle out there right now. Uh-huh. Therapists are in such high demand, I realize. <laughs> and so I, you know, I've, I've been down this road before, so I knew the steps to take to find one, and it was just like dead end after dead end. So I can't imagine if a parent is going through this for the first time, worried sick about their kid, just what, what that experience must be like. Let's talk about your uh, self-disclosed love, lifelong love of stuffed animals. What did, what did the stuffed animal do to you when you were a child and you were anxious or depressed? They're such silly little things, right? There's always a smile on their face. They've got like googly eyes. Um, I mean, I had, I also loved um, Pee Wee Herman growing up. So I had the Pee Wees. They were this family of dinosaurs. And, <laughs> And Peewee came with me everywhere. I mean, we were inseparable. And I think it was just like, they're soft, they're squishy, they're always happy to see you. And there's such a levity to it. I mean, that's what I love for the silver lining stuffies. Like, it, it mental health is such a doom and gloom topic, typically. Mm-hmm. But to have this, like, goofy little stuffed animal that you can use as a tool to discuss, like, your darkest times. Sarah, when you were younger, did you talk to the stuffed animals out loud? Of course, yes. Yeah. And I guess, Um, do you still do that? I mean, is that a a nice coping mechanism for you? I say hi to them. We don't have like full-on conversations, Mm -hmm. um, but they do like all my friends, they're friends with all my friends. They're like Mm -hmm. a thing, you know, they come on road trips. They, it, it just became a thing. And it wasn't always, I, like I got through my 20s, I had this, I lived in New York City, and there was like one of those claw machines yeah. out on this on the sidewalk outside this bar, we were in a ski ball league. And it was like our ski ball bar. And there was this claw machine. And my boyfriend at the time was really good at getting stuffed animals out of them. So I had just like bags of them. And that kind of reignited my my love of stuffed animals. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, they're just kind of silly. Like I 
mine are like a little wonky looking, you know, like they don't have tags. They're not jelly cats. They're, they're <laughs> like very uh, lo-fi stuffies. Uh, I mean, my daughter has a pound puppy that I'm kind of partial to, so I oh, get it. Oh, I love puppies. Yeah. Who doesn't love a pound puppy? I, <laughs> as soon as those came back out, I was I was like, the kids are getting these. And they, yeah. the kids were like, I don't know what this is, like, why this matters to you, Mom. But I was excited <laughs> yeah. because the yeah. pound puppies are all that. But th- see, that's the thing about stuffed animals is I think, you know, there's so much nostalgia for adults mm-hmm. as we look back at them. And I think because, well, as a child therapist, you know, play is how you can Mm -hmm. best connect kids to learning and growth and working through things. And so, you know, stuffed animals as a tool, that's, I mean, I love it. That's, that's where I, where I think we need to be and, and using what kids can relate to. And so you talked about your, your particular stuffies having uh, specific, you know, disorders attached to them and, and things that like the kids could relate to. So tell us more about them. Who do you have like specific ones and do they have names or do kids name them themselves or how does that work? They come with names because I, I always get really disappointed when I meet a kid stuffy and they don't have a name. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I can't, we can't trust children to name their stuffed animals. So (laughs) they came with names. So there's Andy, the elephant with anxiety. There's Alfie, the wolf with ADHD and Frankie, the hippo uh, with depression. You know, I tried really hard when I wrote the book to keep pronouns out, but Mm. now that they're launched and I'm talking about them, it's very hard. I don't know. I I think of stuffed animals as as boys for for whatever reason. So they're all, in my mind, they're boys, but I try to let the child, you know, project whatever sex they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit about the, the stories. You mentioned Andy the Elephant first with anxiety. So what's, what's the book about? What's, what's Andy's story? So Andy gets worried about very little things, right? Like he is worried his ears are too big. Um, he, you know, he's going to get lost in the jungle, um, you know, if he doesn't finish his homework, he's not going to graduate, stuff like that. And so, you know, kind of common things, but also they're not based in logic, right? Mm-hmm. And so he he ends up like his his mom um, shows him how to dig a worry hole in the jungle. Oh. So he puts his worries in it. But sometimes the worries escape. So, you know, he um, and this was something growing up, we, I was, I played field hockey and we would, before every game, we would imagine a warm liquid running through our bodies. Like we'd all stand in a circle and kind of do this like meditative, like there's, there's liquid gold running through your body. So that's, Blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Andy, you know, he'll lay under a tree and imagine a warm liquid flowing through his body. And so he practices breathing. He practices you know, just thinking happy memories, right? He has a family that loves him. He has a Nana that overhugs him all the time. Um, so, and I wanted each story to have like a, a few different coping mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. So the kid can kind of choose what works for them. If they don't want to land or a tree um, or dig a worry hole, there's other, there's kind of other, other tools in the book so that they can pick and choose what works for nice. them. So tools within a story with a relatable stuffed animal that can go with them. I just think the concept is wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And the, um, the, well, so each book is, is dedicated to one of my stuffed animals just to kind of open with like a, a silly note. Right. (laughs) And then in the back, they kind of, I lay out, you know, it's a silver lining toolkit. So I lay out all the tactics and then I asked, 
my friends' kids what they do when they get worried, what they do when they get sad, and what they do when they get overactive. So there's this kind of page that has been, it's been kind of a joy to watch kids be like, oh, like Noah's six, I'm six, Noah does this, and I'll, I'm going to do this too. And it's, again, just kind of fostering this sense of like, you're not alone in this. Yes. There's this community. Everybody gets worried. Everybody gets sad. Everybody has a hard time focusing, you know, which is really what I wanted, right? Like mental health is an inherently lonely journey um, when you're dealing with it. So I just wanted kids to see themselves reflected in these stories. Yes. Do you have children, Sarah? No, I don't. Okay. So this is all just basically from your childhood and and wanting to help others. And that's the overall goal is to break the stigma, talk about it. Get it out right, in the the open. Yeah, I mean, it was like the one good thing to come out of the pandemic was that we're now right. talking about mental health. It's it's in our lexicon. And I wanted to kind of push that, you know, just push that momentum forward. And it, it really is just and, you know, like you were saying earlier, how we're all kind of going through it. It's like, is it because we're just talking about how we're going through it now? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think about that a lot, too, because we've talked about how the demand for mental health care is is really you know, increased. And so is that, is that because mental health problems are going up or is that because we're talking about it more? And so it's, people Mm. are more likely to ask, is it the same number of difficulties we had before? Is it more? And I just, I don't know that it it matters, which is which I think the key is just making sure that people know it's okay to ask for help and then, and figuring out, you know, what else there is to turn to when, when you have to wait for help. And that's, that's kind of been our, our big mission is like, what are the resources? Can we help people connect to, because we know there's a wait. We know it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Nikki, I have a question for you. Uh, sure. What does stuff like this do with children in, in therapy? Because there's every child is different. Every therapist is different. So you've got to find the right fit for both. And you've got to find the right tools to help that kiddo out. So mm-hmm. something like Silver Lining Stuffies, what can that do if matched with the right child? Well, as a, a therapist, I, I just absolutely adore this idea. And I think it's it's a wonderful way to help kids see, you know, what they're going through, just like she said, as, as something they're not alone in, something that, you know, other people struggle from too. It, it it gives them the ability to sort of project their struggles outward. And so it doesn't have to be this sort of dark, shameful thing that they carry around. You know, if Andy the elephant also worries, then, you know, maybe maybe it's not so bad that I worry. And maybe maybe I can deal with it because I know he can deal with it or the elephant can deal with it, whatever, whatever <laughs> we decide on there. But um, so, you know, from a, from a therapeutic perspective, any, any tool, toy, playful, creative way that you can get kids to connect to that idea of like, what is anxiety or what is ADHD or what is depression? I, I think that's absolutely the, the method that we need. I mean, you know, adults talk, right? Adults mm-hmm. have words for all these things or learn the words for all Some, these things. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. We'll get into that another episode. But, uh, but for for kids, it's you know, especially young children, you know, toys and and imagination and playfulness is where it's at. And so I just think this this is a wonderful tool. There there are some kids that maybe don't like stuffed animals, and so that might not be the approach for them. But maybe they like the book, right? Or if they're not readers and they don't like stuffed animals, there's a bunch of other options that they can turn to. But I think this has the potential to be helpful to so many kids. Yeah. And I, I know in looking at your website, Sarah, you can do both. You can buy just the book or you can buy the book with a, the, yep. the stuffy. So that's that's a good option. What age range is this geared toward? Um, between four and 10. Really. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we've talked in past episodes, you can start seeing anxiety start, I think, second, third grade, but you can look back and mm-hmm. see it earlier. And uh, with my son, I know we found it in like first-ish, second grade, but then looking back, we're like, oh, yep, red flag, red flag, missed it. So 
having it out there when they are that young, I think is a great right. idea. And, and I could say I would recommend these to families before a mental health issue is even on the, the radar because I just I just think that's such a great way to normalize worry right? Worry is something we all deal with at some level, you know, in some way. So I think those kinds of things would be helpful even without a diagnosis or a particular problem on board. I also think, you know, four to 10, that is an ideal age range, but I've met some teenagers that would love this, you know, that yeah. this would, you know, maybe they're emotionally behind a little bit and they're, they're catching up, but like, this would be a wonderful way for them to connect to these ideas and, and be able to express themselves. What are the future plans for Silver Lining Stuff is, do you plan to talk about more issues, yeah. more conditions? Yes. I um, I mean, I had some requests to do something around autism, mm -hmm. which would, you know, be an undertaking because I know it's a pretty wide-ranging condition. But that is kind of next up. I would love to do something around OCD, bipolar. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I don't know, being a woman, um, I would love to just do something around like like girl empowerment, which mm -hmm. is, you know, not neurodiversity, but still just empowering for a little girl. Mm -hmm. And I think with something like this, you know, you, you being a creative person, I don't, I think there's no limits to what you could do to create useful tools uh, for people in a variety of different, you know, contexts. So I just, I think that's awesome. I can't wait to see things continue to grow for you. And I'll be, I'll be following up and, and seeing how things go and Christmas is coming. So I'll, I'll be doing some shopping, you know? And so uh, I just, I think there's so much you can do with this. Sarah, what do you think you've learned through this process? What, what has your, your business endeavor taught you? Um, I mean, it's, it's quite honestly pushed my own mental health to new limits. I now, <laughs> get panic attacks and and you know it's like have it's having a, a child right I mean I shouldn't say that to parents but <laughs> it's a thing that I need to nurture and grow and but it's it's just really opened my eyes to the amount of kids out there that need something like this mm -hmm. and yeah it's you know kind of looking under the hood and of course I'm paying attention to it more than I was before but it's a crisis um, mm -hmm. and it's hard like I'm not a therapist. I'm not even a parent. I'm not a teacher. So it is this like kind of constant imposter syndrome, right? Like who am I to be talking in this space? But it's somebody who's passionate and you're passionate about the issue because as a child, you were affected by this and, and still struggle with it, which I think is important yeah. to point out as well. Yeah. So there's your expertise right there. Yeah. With that's, it. that's all you need. That's all you right. need. And, and I also think like it takes, it takes courage to, to step forward and say, Hey, this is a thing that's hard for me. And I want to help despite or because of my struggle. And so I just, I think that's an admirable thing. And, and I'm just really excited that we were able to connect with you um, because I, I love this. I, I love that we're all talking about this, but it, doing it in different ways. And mm -hmm. so people can access this concept or this idea of mental health in whatever way is most digestible to them. Right. Where can we find Silver Lining Stuffies? Uh, it's silverliningstuffies.com. Perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on social media? Can we can we find yep. you on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram. I have a very meager TikTok presence, but we're working on it. Uh, Silver Lining Stuffies for the handle. So, and again, you know, we're working on on the whole social media thing. Yeah, it's a it's a work in progress. When did you? We launch? can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I launched at the end of July. Oh, so you're brand new then? I mean, yeah. I knew you were new because yeah. you said pandemic 2020 but yeah you just launched so how are things going then in just a few months good good 
I'm like kind of just breaking out of like the friends and family circle, you know, uh-huh. like I'm doing some paid social media, some people I don't know are ordering them, which is exciting. <laughs> For the same way. Someone wrote a review. Yeah. We don't know who that is. It's exciting. Yay! <laughs> I don't which, by the way, write, rate and uh, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> not, so shameless, not a so shameless plug. <laughs> so good and like nikki said the holidays are coming up so silver lining stuffies and i also uh hopefully i know the answer to this but silver lining being there is a silver lining to every dark cloud right and so if you're exactly. going through depression or anxiety adhd that find the silver lining there is is that you're going to be okay yeah and it's there's there's a resilience that comes with mental health struggles right yeah um, and you can't fully, I don't know, at least for me, I tell myself this, you know, you can't fully appreciate joy without feeling the opposite of joy, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. So it's, there's a superpower in it mm-hmm. um, and, and in recognizing it and doing something about it. So, yeah. And, and yeah, so silver lining is kind of that basically. And I love the word stuffy. I didn't, I mean, you know, <laughs> I grew up with stuffed animals too, but I call them stuffed animals. And then all of a sudden my kids, uh, we'll call them stuffies. And I was like, how adorable is that? You call them stuffies, so. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's meant to be a fun brand, right? Yeah. We bring bring some, some lightness to a dark topic. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, thank you for doing that. And, and thank you also for doing our podcast, because before we started re- recording, Sarah said that this is the first podcast she's ever done. So, yay, <laughs> history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how this all sounds in the end. Yeah, well, it, it'll be. We have an excellent editor, Sarah. So. <laughs> Thank you for that. We, we pay him lots and lots of money. Is is now the time to point out that Chad is our editor? Oh, was that and not he's clear? paid zero money. Is that? I mean, just is now the time to make sure that's no, clear. Not yeah. at all. You know, in our next episode, Nikki, um, episode thirty-six, we're going to talk about the difference between a mental health condition and age-appropriate behavior. So that's coming up in two weeks. Sarah, again, we thank you for sharing some time with us and thank you for sharing your story and uh, check out silverliningstuffies.com to buy your book and Stuffed Animal Now right before the holidays, right? Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. And thank you again for doing this, for having these conversations. Um, it's, It's great. Well, good. Our whole goal, as you know, was to start a conversation and that conversation continues with you. 